welcome back for another episode of Chew the Bible. It is officially still August 27th, 2021, 9.55 p.m. I'm just going to record one more episode and then go ahead and call it a night because I got to be up early. So uh, we'll just go right into it. Joshua chapter two. All right. So spies sent to Jericho. Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two men as spies from the Acacia Grove, or the area called Shittim, saying, go and scout the land, especially Jericho. So they left and they came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. All right, I'm going to pause right there because something just stood out to me. Uh, Last time, if y'all remember, was it Deuteronomy, Numbers? One of those. Um, I think it was Deuteronomy. Um, when Moses, remember Moses, he, he was passed away now. He's passed the baton, the leadership and the mantle to Mr. Joshua here. Moses, when he sent out, he sent out 12 spies and two of them, Joshua and Caleb came back with a good report that was full of faith and, um, not fear. The other 10 spies, Gave a bad report, made everybody, you know, worried and anxious, and God had to kill them off. It's just, it was, man. Anyway, so as you see, this time, Joshua, as the new leader, he learned, once again, looking at the rearview mirror from past history. I'm sure he was using his past history like, hmm, last time we sent out 12 spies, and uh, it didn't turn out too well. So this time, let's send out two, just like Joshua and Caleb and I. So I just had to point that out. All right. Verse two, the king of Jericho almost knocked my camera over. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelite men have come here tonight to investigate the land. Then the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab and said, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house for they came to investigate the entire land. Rahab is the star of the show here. Remember that name. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. I need to underline this. So she said, yes, the men did come to me, but I didn't know where they came, where they were from. At nightfall, when the city gate was about to close, the men went out and I and I don't know where they were going. Chase after them quickly and you can catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them among the stalks of flax that she had arranged in the roof. Hmm. The men pursued them along the road to the forge of the Jordan, the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as they left to pursue them, the city gate was shut. Hmm. The promise to Rahab before the men fell asleep, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and everyone who lives in the land is panicking because of you. Hmm. For we have heard, it reminds me of like, yeah, for years, the United States, we had a, well, still to this day, we have a whole beef going on with Russia, but it was really bad during the Cold War and they used to have bombing exercises where um, or sirens that will go off and you have to do the whole duck and cover dilly in the classrooms. And, um, yeah, that's what this reminds me of. Like, yeah, 
and there was all these Russian spies that were coming into our country. Um, nowadays, you don't even need spies. You just, it's the internet. You just have cyber security. I mean, cyber uh, attacks, which is interesting because our president, um, Biden, just recently called in a bunch of like the top CEOs of different corporations from finance and like Amazon and yeah, logistics and all that to talk about cyber cyber security. I didn't read the whole article, but there must be something going on if the president is calling in all these folks for help. All right, verse ten. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you, before you, when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sahan and and Og, the two Amorite kings, you completely destroyed across the Jordan. When we heard this, we lose, we lost heart, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now, please swear to me by the Lord that you will also show kindness to my father's family because I show kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father, mother, brothers, sisters, and all who belong to them and save us from death. Hmm. This is an example of intercessor. Intercession. I'll just I'm in this TOU university of the one the one university to prepare me for a spouse <laughs> but in general just to get whole and healed that's the main reason i'm in it um shout out to my friend bb for uh suggesting i i uh join it it's been good so far but anyway we've been doing this whole sessions on intercession how moses was an intercessor abraham was an intercessor meaning like they stood in the gap and um protected or pray that God for God's protection, like in this case of uh, Abraham and his brother uh, Lot, and the whole yeah before Sodom and Gomorrah is about to be destroyed. All the times that the children of Israel rebelled against Moses, and he prayed that God would not strike them dead or do anything bad to them, or like yeah with his sister Miriam before she got struck with the skin disease for hating on his wife his uh, African Nubian wife. So anyway, here we have Rahab is an intercessor in that one, she protected these spies and then she pleaded for them to basically not harm them. When the, when, when, when the, when the poop hits the, hit the fan, as they say, when the, when they were about to attack. All right. Verse 14, the men answered her, I attacked their city. Because Rahab lived in her family, the whole family lived in that city. All right, the men answered her, uh, in Jericho I'm referring to. The men answered her, we will give our lives for yours. If you don't report our mission, we will show kindness and faithfulness to you when the Lord gives us the land. Then she let them down by a rope through the window since she lived in a house that was built into the wall of the city. Go to the hill country so that the men pursuing you won't find you, she said to them. Hide here, hide there for three days until they return. Afterward, go on your way. So she let down a rope. Yep, I remember this story. All right, let's keep going. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Verse 17 The men said to her We will be free from this oath you made us swear Unless when we enter the land You tie this scarlet cord 
there's significance to the scarlet, the fact that it's red, to the window <clears throat> through which you let us down. Bring your father, mother, brothers, and all your father's family into your house. If anyone goes out the doors of your house, his death will be his own fault, and we will be innocent. But if anyone with you in the house should be harmed, his death will be our fault. And if you report our mission, we are free from the oath you made us swear. Let it be as you say, she replied, and she sent them away. After they had gone, she tied the scarlet cord to the window. So the two men went into the hill country and stayed there three days and... Interesting. Three days. Until the pursuers had returned, they searched all along the way, but did not find them. Then the men returned, came down from the hill country and crossed the Jordan. They went to Joshua, son of Nun, and reported everything that had happened to them. They told Joshua, the Lord has handed over the entire land to us. Everyone who lives in that land is also panicking because of us. That's interesting. As I think about that, as I'm reading this, um, there's a lot of bashing of the modern day church, a lot of hating on the modern day church. I personally feel that a lot of that will go away as the church continues to grow and walk in the power and authority that um, God has called us to. Um, What was I just reading about how I think it was that that one book about Athaliah, Delilah, and, um, oh, girl, what's her name? I can't think of her name. Um, Jezebel. Jezebel, Athaliah, and Delilah. Anyway, um, was that it? That was, that was, anyway, in the book, or was it, no, it's like Walking in the Spirit. That's what, yeah, that's the one I'm, I was reading. I need to read it again. Engaging the Holy Spirit by this guy named Ryan Shaw. Who's actually a missionary out in the Philippines? Thailand? Uh, Thailand. I think that's where he's at. Thailand. Anyway. Uh, and before that, he was in Turkey, apparently. Um, but yeah. Where was I going with that? He was talking about how everywhere in the book of Acts where the disciples went. Um, of that early church. They had PhDs. So P stood for Power. They walked, there was powerful, um, powerful uh, acts. That's why the whole book is called Acts. Like, there was powerful things that happened. People got healed. Um, and I'm not just talking about physical healing, but also, like, their souls were healed because they gave their life to Christ. The, their numbers were growing daily. So the, my pastor always talks about how the, the most healing he's ever seen is people's uh, hearts in their souls, um, their mind, will, and emotions being healed. Um, yeah, so powerful, um, powerful acts, powerful, uh, there was power, there was power, that's the key word, power, and, and then next is, um, yeah, healing, which I already said, and then deliverance, so, yeah, I pretty much said all that in three, power, there was healing and there was deliverance. And so these folks heard about the Lord's, these other surrounding nations like Jericho. They mentioned that they heard about what happened that God did for them uh, against Sahan and Og. So those are examples of God's power, his healing 
his deliverance. Um, in that when I say healing, he healed that land because it was in so many ways, it was, well, what would I call it? What's the word? It was defiled. And he, you could say, healed the people as well. So every time, every time um, they experienced God's miracles and his, his power, I'm sure there was parts of their hearts that had been hardened to, or, toward the Lord and probably fearful, anxious, worried that he was going to come through. And every time he committed, he he performed one of those miracles for them and winning, helping them win battle, he healed them. He delivered them from the hands of their enemy. Um, those people that won't let him cross them cross the 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 king's highway. So anyway, so we had God doing my to tie it all into what I'm trying to say is like here it is. There's something special. There's something significant to when the nations, when people, when there's rumors about mighty powerful acts that the Lord has been doing in doing in communities and and I've heard a lot more healing happens in other parts of the world. Um I don't I don't understand why that happens, but there's a lot of theories on why that is. But anyway, as long as as long as the church continues to be the church and grows and my church personally is called a healing place. So that's their theme. When um I've I've experienced a lot of healing since being there. So Anyway, power, healing, deliverance, power, healing, deliverance. That should be the mark of the church. And as we continue to see that happen in the church, then the world will take notice. So, all right. I had to get that point out. All right. What else we got here? Oh, that's it. Let's read these Tony Evans notes and close it out. The two spies chose to hide in Jericho's red light district. District. It could be that Rahab was running an inn for travelers. If so, staying there would have helped the spies to look inconspicuous. Importantly, these men were in town for righteous purposes, not for wickedness. Y'all know the red light district. If you don't, you can Google it. But it probably shouldn't because some bad images might come up. But it is the area where usually a lot of bad stuff goes down, a lot of drinking, carousing, prostitution. This is probably most likely a brothel that she was operating. Rahab got around the king's demand by engaging in some righteous, risky business. She hid the men and lied to the authorities. So here's an example where. Because people like, yeah, what could say like, what didn't she commit a sin by lying it's like in this case god was okay with her not being honest because it was protecting his people so when it is so it's funny because i just made a point tony evans is gonna uh, talk about it so when is it acceptable to lie (laughs) rahab was confronted with two sinful options lying or abetting the execution of God's representatives. And she chose the option that would bring the most glory to God, protecting his people. So there you go. Lying is not a good practice to make, but when you have the lesser of two evils and this one is actually bringing glory to God, then it's permitted. It's okay. 
because all the like super i don't know i, I don't want to bash folks that are like cross every t dot every i but that's what religion will do to you like it would be like oh but didn't she lie like i thought lying was a sin it's like come on she was bringing glory to god by hiding his folk his people so and saving her whole family in the, in the process what would you do in that situation when Rahab confessed that the Lord is God and showed kindness to his people, she expressed personal faith in the true God's ability to work on behalf of those aligned with him and acted on it. Remarkably, though Jericho's walls would soon fall down, this woman's house was that was constructed within them was left standing. Rahab submitted in faith to God's program. As a result, she came under the covering of Israel and her family did too. I've heard stories of people having tornadoes rip through their town and their house, their house or a few houses were like the only one standing. So, yeah, that's what that reminds me of. Like, there's something about having the covering of the Lord on you um, and why some people don't experience that covering in the physical realm all the time. I don't fully understand it, but just know that when you trust in the Lord and make him your foundation and you stick close to him. And I don't know, as we keep reading, I, the cover, the concept of covering still doesn't fully make sense to me, but the best way I can understand it is like the, it's kind of like, huh, how do I say this? Like when a, when a mom and like our dad is out playing with his kids and um, the umbrella example is probably the best. And so, or say, yeah, say you're walking with your wife and y'all walking down the street and holding an umbrella. And uh, it could be your wife holding it or you holding it. But just say the guy's holding the umbrella and she gets really close. The wife gets really close to her husband and to prevent her from getting wet. And so the closer they are, the less wet she gets, like, especially if it's not one of those big old umbrellas, like a small umbrella, really only for one person, made for one. And so the, cl the closer you get to the Lord, the less like all the craziness that's going on in this world, say the rain is, um, say the rain is, uh, you know, tribulation, all the different problems and issues, sickness, death, early death, pre, yeah, early death, um, or premature death, as they call it. Um, what is something else? You name the problem that could be happening in your life. The closer you get to the Lord, the less that stuff will not only hit you, the less it will actually affect you too. So, and even better than being under an umbrella is being under a shelter. I remember I was just thinking that the other day. Um, it was like a big old rainstorm. And I was like, it's about to be thunder, lightning, about to start pouring down here, raining cats and dogs here any minute. And so I went ahead and ended my night a little early uh, driving. I've been doing that lately in, anyway because I'm trying to keep on a schedule. and just helps with my mental health challenges, challenges I deal with, just keeping on a schedule and getting good sleep quality sleep so anyway um i was like let me go i need to go home and it was something about and as i was going home i said a prayer i was like lord 
I just pray for those that are, cause I see a lot of homeless folks out and I know some of them, I don't know where they sleep at night, but I just said a prayer. I was like, Lord, for those that are out on these streets, Lord, provide them a, a some type of place to be tonight. Cause I cannot, like, I was just thinking in my head, just how I've lived out, done the whole homeless life out in California for a while with no car to sleep in. Just, I had a gym to sleep in at night. I would go, I would go into these, uh, uh, anytime fitness gyms or whatever. And so anyway, um, that's a whole nother story for another day. But anyway, yeah, my whole point is being in the building in a secure building, that's even better shelter. And, um, what is it? What is that scripture that goes? What is it called? Um, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So there's like a protect, and there's a bunch of scriptures. If you look up shelter, God is often referred to as like a shelter, providing shelter. So anyway, that's what it's like when you are close to him and walking intimately with him. If you're walking away from him, then anything could happen to you. So, all right. When Rahab confessed that the Lord is God and showed kindness to his people, she expressed personal faith in the true God's ability to work on behalf of those in line with him and acted on it. Remarkably, though Jericho's walls would fall, would soon fall down, this woman's house that was constructed within them constructed within them was left standing. I already read that. My bad, y'all. All right. Why were the spies so certain of victory? Sorry, I might as well finish that point. Remarkably, remarkably, though Jericho's walls would soon fall down, this woman's house that was constructed within them was left standing. Rahab submitted in faith to God's program. As a result, she came under the covering of Israel and her family did too. Why were the spies so certain of victory? Much of it came down to the words and actions of an unlikely ally, Rahab. This woman's significance in God's kingdom plan cannot be overstated. Her story is a beautiful reminder that God's grace can meet us where we are and use us to accomplish his purposes. Throughout scripture, Rahab is repeatedly identified by her occupation as a prostitute. Even in the New Testament, Hebrews 11.31, in James 2.25, in the Bible, repetition is emphasis. God wants us to understand that no matter how wretched our past, he can, or wretched or ratchet, no matter where you want to say there, he can do great things through anyone who righteously connects to him through faith. In God's providence, Rahab will become a link in the family chain leading to Jesus Christ. So, yeah, it's wild that Jesus Christ bloodline, I believe, somehow goes through rehab or it's all connected i gotta look at that some more anyway anything else before we hop on this romans road no it's gonna hop on the romans road oh, i was gonna say that's why it's also important to be going the direction that the path that god has laid out before you that's also as i understand a way of covering And if you go back to um, if you go back to Exodus, if you notice 
the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, God was like, a, they had to carry the Ark of the Covenant and like God would, they had the cloud of fire, pillar of cloud by, by the pillar of cloud by day and then the fire by night to guide them. And so God is the same way for us today. He lives on the inside of us and you ask him into your heart. And he leads us and guides us, guides us down the path that he would have for us to go. And as long as you're going down that path, there's covering, there's protection. And then when we veer off the path, then anything could happen, as I said before. All right, hop on this Romans road. We are all sinners by nature and by choice. As Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5.8, but God commended his love toward us in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10.13, for whoever shall call, so whosoever, for whosoever, even a prostitute or a liar, a serial killer, a murderer, a rapist, whatever your thing you've done that you feel like you are, God will never forgive you of it. Those are just, yeah, gossiper, homo, like uh, living a homosexual lifestyle, living a loose, um, promiscuous lifestyle, sleeping with several men, sleeping with several women, no matter what. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if thou confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And you can just repeat after me or in your own form, uh, follow this prayer, then say your own prayer in your own ways, in your own words, but it's just a, a basic format you can follow. There's no special magic formula to this is it's just a simple sincere um scripture based way you can pray to ask jesus into your heart so a sinner's prayer for forgiveness dear god i know i'm a sinner i know my sin deserves to be punished i believe christ is the son of god who died for me and rose from the grave i want to turn from my sin and trust jesus christ alone as my savior Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. If you just said that prayer, you're welcome to the family. You're now part of God's family, just like Rahab the prostitute, prostitute was uh, saved by her faith in the act that she did. She trusts she trust in the the uh, spies, the children of Israel, they're the Israelites, they're, they're one true God. She recognized that that had to be the one true God. And it was that faith that she had in that one true God that led to her, led her to uh, protect them, protect those spies. So that, that, that led her to do the work that was prepared for her before the foundation of the earth, before Rahab was even thought of, before she was born, God knew the moment in Rahab's life when she was going to meet those two spies, right? Isn't that crazy to think about? God knew the very moment that she was going to run into these two spies, and he, <laughs> this this could get into predestination stuff, but I won't, 
he knew that she would have a choice. She gave her he gave God gave her a choice to help the spies or not help the spies. And she chose to help them and to have faith in that moment. And that's what saved her and her entire family. And so where am I going with that? God, we're not say a lot of times when I talk to people, ask them if Jesus is coming in their heart. One of the first things they say is like, oh, I used to go to church or I haven't been to church in a while. My girlfriend been telling me I need to go to church. That's the first thing a lot of people say is church, 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 church. And I say, well, if you've ever asked asked Jesus in your heart, you are the church. That's a whole nother discussion. But even bigger than that, it's not my church attendance or my works and my good deeds that that saves me, that that keeps me out of you know eternal hell for the rest of my life. Right? What saves me is Jesus. Simply, He made it easy for everyone. It's so simple, but yet it's so hard. It seems like for especially our modern day individualistic, pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. I don't need anybody's help society. Right. All you have to do is ask him into your heart. And then from that moment on, he's the one who does the work. He's the one he's the one who even drew you to himself. Right. He doesn't force himself on you, but he draws. God is the one. Jesus draws him to you. Right. So anyway. And it's in light of that. It's in light of. It's in light of knowing the great. How you everything that was coming your way. I was just thinking that today when I was in the car, I was was listening to the sermon from a Sunday at my church. If you want to look it up, let's look up Harmony Vineyard, Kansas City. Um, it was from August, whatever this past Sunday was. Let me look at my August 22nd was the sermon. It was really good. Sorry, I saw me scratch my nose. Uh, I was about to start digging, boys. It was, it was tempting. Uh, on the YouTube, on the uh, Instagram and the video. Anyway, he was talking about what was he saying? Yeah, like blame how he doesn't call us to walk sinless. Well, he wants us to. His desire is for us to walk sinless in that we be more like Jesus, right? But to, in order to be sinless, the more I try to like, I'm going through that right now. I'm going there right now, especially in the area of sexual sin and like not having a wife right now and being divorced, going on four years, single for three. I don't know. I'm losing track. I stopped counting because it just makes it worse when I count. But um, yeah, since like January 2018, I've been divorced and I've been single and celibate for two and a half, almost three years. Anyway, um, is it two years yet? No, not yet. It's going on two years, almost two years. It'll be two years in September. Wow. I should like actually make that a date, make that a date I celebrate until I get married. But anyway, um, where was I going with all that? so blameless yes yes the more i try to live sinless right the harder it is like i'm trying to like i've been blocking all these women that i used to be friends with um like friends like but i was attracted to them i've just been blocking left and right it's been a block party just blocking women are and i feel sometimes i feel kind of bad because like i was felt like ministering and encouraging some of these women now don't get me wrong there's a, a couple on a short list that i've 
or people that go to my church who I know are married, who I'm not really, I'm not really attracted to, and there's the possibility of anything happening is very slim. But anyway, if you have to go to that extreme to to avoid going to that, the if you know yourself and the lifestyle you used to live. And you have to go to that stream so you don't get triggered and fall back into a, a, a pattern of sin. Then do it. Do like that scripture talks about. Um, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your left eye causes you to sin, plug it out. That's what he's talking about. He says that. That's what I have to do in order, especially during this season of singleness. Where I'm trying to stay focused. Anyway. Right. But the. A lot of times, like in our pursuit of trying to like do all these outward things to remain sinless, you actually can easily fall back into sin because it's like, yeah. But when you're walking in the spirit, you learn to live blameless before the Lord. And and, and what what does that mean? That means, at least it means to me, is what my pastor was talking about. It means knowing like, all right, perfect example, like whenever something bad happens, the first thing people say is like, who's to blame? Like, or I say like in a sports team is like horrible. They're 0 and 16 in football, right? Team is doing horrible or 10 and 72. There's 82 games in the NBA season. Let's do that. Yeah. 10 and 72, right? Like one of these bad Cavaliers teams, right? Cleveland Cavs. Stay with me. I'm almost done. Wrap it up. And, um, Yes, team is doing horrible. Team is doing horrible. The first thing people say is like, fire the coach. Fire the coach. Who's to blame here? Is it the best player? Is it, or is it the coach's fault? And usually people look at the coach or the ownership, ownership of the team. Oh, he's not putting enough good players on that team, right? Blame, 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 blame. Our society, the first thing we do, like, or we see all the craziness in our world, we always try to find somebody or something to blame for the problem. Like, oh, we need to have prayer back in schools. Yeah. Yeah, we should have more prayer in schools. Oh, it's because the family is broken down. That's why our whole society, everybody's in prison. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it would be nice if families were intact. But at the yeah, my whole point is people love to find somebody to blame or a scapegoat. Jesus, in all of the problems and issues that we see in our world, all the losses that human to, humans, the 0 and 16 seasons, that the humans over the years, going back to the children of Israel, have have had over the course of time, he took all of the blame for that. Even though he was Jesus was sinless, he didn't commit any sin while he was on earth. Right, he was fully God, fully man, man, and he didn't commit not one single sin. Right, but he still kind of like if you ever been like something happened like we were a kid and it was like you and your brother, and mom was like. Who forgot to take out the trash or who spilled this all over the floor or who, whatever the thing did that was wrong and, and you got blamed for it, right? Or a teacher blamed you, looked at you because they thought you were the one acting up and why she had her head turned, right? Said something inappropriate, you name it. And you got blamed and say, imagine you took the blame for it, even though you didn't do it. That's what Jesus did times a million for all the worst sins that could ever have happened. He did that. And that was, in all of us, we deserved punishment. We all deserve death. All of us deserve to be in hell eternally for what we have done. Even if you lived like a good life, you can say, oh, I've never done anything bad. I've never done anything wrong. Even that is a lie because you, you're lying even saying that. So anyway, 
Jesus took on all that blame. And because of that, he calls us blameless. So anytime Satan wants to come along and try to pull you into his courtroom and say, hey, I don't know if you all ever experienced this, but I have because I had to use a public defender. That's another story for another day as well. And um, I'll never forget the relief I had when they got me off of the situation that I was in. Right. Um, That's what Jesus is. Every time Satan wants to pull us into his courtroom and say, but Aaron did this, Aaron did that, Aaron did this, Aaron did that. Um, We can go to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, you can keep him as your, he's our, like, you don't have to pay him a retainer. You don't have to pay him exorbitant fees. He He's always there as your advocate, your lawyer, your public defender to defend you in court and say, hey, the blood of Jesus, I already covered that. I died on the cross. And it's in light of that. It's in light of that. That imagine when you're a free man going out, you would be insane. We would call that man insane to be a repeat offender and go out and want to go do those same things that got you into court in the first place. Even though people do it and say you do go back into court and have every right to be there and to be thrown into prison, lock away the key or receive the death penalty. Jesus will continue to say, but I die for that. I die for that. I'm not dying again. I only did it once. And so it's in light of that. In that joy, you get to live a sinless life. It's a joy to live a sinless life. It's a joy to avoid masturbation. It's a joy to avoid pornography. It's a joy to um, to not lie, to treat people right and love people and do those things, those Rahab type moment things that he called you to do before the foundation of the earth. So anyway, I just had to get that off my chest. Because I, I struggle with this big time, thinking that somehow doing righteous acts, doing good things will somehow earn these cool points. It's like my flesh and my pride, like, oh, I'm earning these cool points for the Lord. It's like, no, I get to be a part of his story. I get to be a part of loving on somebody and and hopefully one day seeing them in heaven and just looking back on it in heaven and like all the times I allowed the Holy Spirit to use me and all the times I resisted the temptations of sin. And uh, all right, here we go. We're going to read that scripture and close it out with this. Hopefully somebody listens to this someday and it like impacts their life because shame and condemnation. Oh, (laughs) man down, cameras down, all the cameras down. Shame, shame and condemnation have like been a huge problem for me my almost entire, yeah, my whole life since I was a kid. And when I learned to stop living under shame and condemnation and learned to walk blameless before my father in heaven, it is really, yeah, when I've learned to live um, blameless before the Lord and not under shame and condemnation is really, um, change the way I walk with him and talk I'm not perfect at all like I won't be perfect like yeah until I get my glorified body I won't be fully glorified my glorified body right now I'm in the process of sanctification this year when we sin we have an advocate it's one of my favorite scriptures I encourage y'all to memorize it I need to actually go back and write it up on my wall It says, 
First John 2, 1, New Living Translation. My dear children. So when you, for those of you who said that sinner's prayer, you're not a child of God. You're not a, as some people say, a bastard. Or, um, you're not an orphan. You have a father that you can cry out, Abba, Father. You're adopted. And you're treated just like somebody that was already born into the family, right? Same right, same inheritance. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. Righteousness means in right standing. He has a right standing with God. He's the only one who's truly righteous. And because of that, we are also seen as righteous, clean. He doesn't see any of our, when God sees us, he doesn't see any of our sins. He sees Jesus, the blood that covered it all. So Heavenly Father's closed out. Heavenly Father, there's probably so much more. There's so much more that could be said about this. It could be this is a topic that could be talked about for days. This salvation and versus works versus um all these different things. Eternal salvation. Once saved, always saved, all that kind of stuff. Lord, at the end of the day, I just pray those for those who've been on the fence, Lord, who've already accepted you into their heart who've been on the fence for their whole life and living under this shame and condemnation for their whole life or just this constant seesaw of up one day, down the other, um, or this performance, religious attitude where everything they have to do is to earn God's love and earn his grace and earn his favor. I just break that spirit off in the name of Jesus. Break off of your church, break off of your people. I pray that from this day forward, they will walk blameless and holy before their Lord, their father, their friend, their advocate, their lawyer, their public defender, who's not just doing the job because they've been you've been assigned to us through the government, but because you love us and you care for us and you stick closer than a brother. And I just pray for those that don't know you, who, who have are still have not accepted you, that from this day forward, they would just simply just humble themselves before you and just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, change me, transform me, make me a new person, a new creation a new being with a new mind. And from this day forward, I don't have all the answers, but I pray that I put my trust in you and I'll read your word and I'll seek out godly friends, send godly friends into their life, good, strong people that love you and who are going to encourage them to walk out this Christian life. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Help us to walk blameless and not try to be sinless all the time, Lord, but to walk blameless. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. That's a big difference. Blameless versus sinless. All right. That's it. I'm done for the night. I'll holla. Have a good night.